What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Red River Horror Podcast. I am your host, Joe Zakreski. This is episode number 17. Thank you so much for joining me. I am here by myself again this week, and that's A-OK. It's been an interesting run coming up with ideas for November, because I know a lot of things that I've found online are doing, oh, you know, Thanksgiving horror movies or, you know, whatever else you can find. So last week I went on that rant about cannibal movies and talking to some people. It was interesting hearing like other people's just like how some people just don't care for those like that cannibal horror whatsoever or, you know, are like me where it's just kind of too disgusting to accept like it's it's just a little too much, but it's so fascinating to me that I can't look away either. So I didn't even get into that, but if, you know, if someone wants me to do, try and scare you with some of like the tribes that, you know, tribes, other like indigenous groups, there's even some religions where they eat human flesh. Uh, If you'd like me to do an episode on that to give you the chills, I gladly will, but you know how to find me. You just email us at redriverhorror at gmail.com, or you can tweet at me at redriverjoe, and I can make that episode happen. But instead, I wanted to talk to everybody today about something that is near and dear to my heart and also sticking with this Thanksgiving theme, food. So let's talk about some like haunted restaurants. And the first one that came to mind for me, we're going to keep this. Let's keep it in Pennsylvania. So that way for future episodes, maybe it could branch out. So first one that was near and dear to my heart, which is now closed. It was last known as the General previously known as the General Lafayette, so I'm just going to call it the General Lafayette. Um, What a great place it was. It was really a place that got me into craft beer because it was also a brewery at the time when I first started going there, making their own beers. They made this raspberry mead that was just delightful. And, of course, the Chocolate Thunder. was it Chocolate Thunder from Down Under. It was either a porter or a stout. That was really good. Great beers. And then one of the neat things about this building is that it had – a long history. It's next to this old, I think it's a Lutheran church um, called St. Peter's. And he, driving by it all the time, you know, you get this cool glimpse of these this old cemetery that's between the church and the restaurant. Or we can call it the inn, we can call it the bar, whatever you want to call it. So just a quick little history lesson on the place I'm talking about. If you are local, this is the general located next to Brittany. Brittingham's on Germantown Pike and Church Road. You know that curve because the traffic there is horrendous on certain days. So just to give you a little glimpse at the history of the building and uh, the church next to it. So let's take a look-see here. The history of the General Lafayette Inn and St. Peter's Church, which is adjacent to the inn, has been entwined through the centuries. On May 18, 1778, General Lafayette and 2,200 of the best equipped men were sent by General Washington from Valley Forge to Barron Hill, now known as Lafayette Hill, to spy on the British in Philadelphia. The British learned of Lafayette's position at Barron Hill and planned to capture him by sending five columns over the great roads from Philadelphia and surround his encampment. During the night of May 19th, this news reached Lafayette, and as dawn approached, he climbed into the tower of the old church. From the elevation of the tower, he could see the surrounding countryside and was able to plan a brilliant plan of escape. He left 500 men, cannons, and 50 Indians at the church to hold off the British 
to hold the British off until the main body of his command could escape. The battle at the church was short but fierce, and it gained the precious time needed. He and his men did reach safety, crossing at Matson's Ford to the west side of the Schuylkill. The British returned to Philadelphia in humiliation. On May 22nd, Lafayette returned with his men to the encampment at Barren Hill. They remained here, carrying out their intelligence orders until June 19, 1778, when they joined Washington on the march out of Valley Forge on victory, was it on to victory at Monmouth, New Jersey. So I find that really neat to be like, oh, like this little patch of land near us, we forget the history that surrounds us. And, you know, having just having a drink and a meal in the General Lafayette and just made that so much more special, knowing some of the story behind it, that, you know, Marquis de Lafayette was was actually there. There was a battle fought here. And what else comes with great history? How about a little haunting? So I knew some people that worked there. And I think there was even a ghost paranormal investigator show that went there to try and catch something. So I'm going to I found some of their findings. So we'll take a look into a little dig but like a notable notable haunting there is like they would always say there was like some like a cleaning lady there was something i think it was a clean lady or just you could hear footsteps or like doorknobs would turn uh especially like when staff was there just like cleaning or if someone was there like especially if someone was there by themselves there was like definitely another presence there um i never had that experience i didn't work there but i know some people who worked there who would talk about it um, you know, hoping for a chance to catch this this ghostly presence. So let's see. Here's the this is the story as told from their now non-existent website. Somehow I was able to find it. Yay for me. So this is uh, one of the haunting experiences that happened at the General Lafayette Inn. <clears throat> the inn's former owner, Michael McGlynn, recalls one night in 1996 when he was working late in his office on the second floor. It was late and I was working. The door was closed and all of a sudden I hear the doorknob rattle as if someone was trying to get in. I looked over, but the knob wasn't moving. McGlynn claims the door to his office is an original door that was installed when the inn was first built. It happened a few times. It's really strange. There I am working and the knob begins to rattle. I always looked over and saw the doorknob wasn't moving. I got up a few times and went to the door, but no one was there. McGlynn's impression of his midnight callers. He says, I don't believe in ghosts, but on the other hand, I don't not believe in them. I like that. That's kind of how I feel about it. Since 1996, the inn has had employees and guests experience everything from a chair twirling on one leg in the pool room to footsteps coming from the second floor when no one was there despite multiple attempts to locate the source of those footsteps to messages from an old woman through a Ouija board in the upstairs club room to several sightings of an older woman crossing through the smaller upstairs dining rooms. Dude, I really wish I could have seen something like that. Um, I mean, the building's empty. Maybe we could, uh, maybe we could try and set something up where we could get in there. Maybe we could try and do a ghost hunt. I don't know who owns it anymore but maybe it'll come back hopefully so eh, sad all right so let's take a look so i found these guys they were called just paranormal investigators they did this back in 
November of 2003. Hence the reason why I'm talking about it here in November. Anyway, so we'll take a look. What these guys, I'm just going to do the short part. What they did is they covered the rooms. They had their infrared video. They had some cameras. Maybe with some better technology because we're going back 17 years now. So maybe we could catch something if we had like some better tech. Um, tech cameras. I don't know. But so they used like an infrared, some cameras, and then like a, you know, something to try and pick up radio signals. Not the best idea in our, like the area that I'm from, where most of you who listen to me are from, because you know there's radio towers everywhere. So like even if you play guitar and just turn on an amplifier, you're going to pick up radio signals. So let's see. So they tried to capture things. Let's see. I'm just going to skip right to their conclusion. Um, Let's see. Their audio review, they found no EVPs. I think we could find something. They said no EVPs. We also did not catch any orbs on video. So they captured orbs through a camera. And a lot of people on these ghost hunts, it's like the orb is what the signifies that something's there. But it's like with shutter speeds and light, it could just be a fleck of dust for all we know. So I think you'd rather have that on video because then if you can actually capture it moving, then there's no way that could be an error from the camera. Oh, such a shame. So they didn't catch anything. These results suggest that, let's see, I'm going to read the full conclusion. All right. After reviewing our audio recordings, we found that we obtained no EVPs. We also did not catch any orbs on video. However, we did obtain several moving orb photos. Okay, there we go. And tracked an orb moving around the large dining room from two different angles. It was also revealed later that Bob, one of the guys, felt an unseen guest touch him during team two's recording session in the cigar room even though the inn did not possess the usual heavy atmosphere of a haunted location these results can be easily these results cannot be easily explained these results suggest that the inn is haunted even if this did not turn out to be a very active night we believe that the area around the franklin room and club room is the most active area of the building Employee experiences seem to confirm this. Oh, man. Oh, I got to tell Ed. We got to get in there. Someone find Eddie. Tell him that we got to get in there and just check out the general, if anything, for old time's sake. God, it was, just, it was such a special place. I wish it was still open. I wish it still had, like, its old feel. It got remodeled a little bit. They can't do too much because it's a historic building, but it just had such a charm to it. And it's a shame because it's right next to a bunch of other great spots. So it has its competition. But anyway, let's take our time. Let's take a look at some other haunted restaurants in Pennsylvania. If you are feeling so bold to go check out, you know, oh, I mean, if you can write these down and save them for once the pandemic's over, hopefully they're open and you can check them out and sit down and have a meal in there. Some places you may be able to still, but probably not. Who knows? We'll see. All right. So here we go. Some other haunted restaurants. Where is this? Brinton Lodge in Douglasville. I don't know Douglasville. I guess that's uh, Berks County. There it is. Uh, This Berks County landmark is over 300 years old. And we know with age comes ghosts. We got to find something newer with ghosts. There's got to be something. I think I got one in mind. But why would new come with ghosts? Graveyard? Who knows? Ah. Let's see. So it's not shy, and it's not shy about the fact that this building is haunted. In fact, Britain Lodge can, claims to be one of the top ten most haunted houses in Pennsylvania. 
with ghost sightings taking place since at least the 1980s. Supposedly, in 1978, a British psychic medium named Don Galloway was visiting the United States for a World War II commemoration in Reading. While traveling on the plane, Galloway experienced visions of Brinton Lodge and made contact with some of the spirits inside it. During his visit to the States, he stayed at the lodge for two weeks and was able to identify five of the spirits living there. Caleb Brinton, Caleb's mother, Catherine Whitman, both of whom died in the lodge, a male spirit he called Dapper Dan, and the troubled spirit of a little girl. Yo, this is crazy. We're going to have to look more into this. Oh, Brinton Lodge currently offers 90-minute candlelit ghost tours during the weekend surrounding Halloween. Whether you're skeptical of ghosts or not, the tour is sure to be a thrill. And while you're there, you can stop in for a pint and a light bite to eat at this excellent at the excellent oh Hidden River Brewing Company, which has its tap room inside the lodge. Okay, I know exactly where that is, dude. Ah oh, man, that's so awesome! I definitely want to take that tour. So if anybody wants to take that tour with me, maybe we could do a group outing. Can email redriverharbor at gmail.com or tweet at me at Red River Joe. All right. I think in is going to be the big theme to these haunted restaurants because going up to this next one on the list, Kennett Square Inn in Kennett Square, PA. Go figure. Very clever name in a clever name town known for uh, mushrooms. So if you're a mushroom fan, you got to go to a restaurant in Kennett Square. They got, a, they got a lot of good restaurants down there. But if you're into mushrooms, that's their thing. And not the, uh, the ones that uh, make you feel a certain way, if you know what I mean. Okay, anyway. For over 180 years, this beautiful inn has been welcoming guests to the heart of historic Kennett Square. Throughout the decades, it's undergone some changes, like operating as a tea room during Prohibition and then turning into a tavern after Prohibition's repeal. In 1976, the inn saw a huge renovation that brought it to its current state as a restaurant and bar. Some visitors at the inn claim to have encountered the ghost of a 12-year-old girl who has been dubbed, was that Letita? Or Letitia? Letitia? Hmm. Has been dubbed Letitia after William Penn's daughter. Interesting. Okay. All right. Hmm. I'll have to check, check that one out, too. I'm going to say I'm going to have to check one out for, like, every single one, so... If uh, I do get around to checking them out, I've got to bring a camera. I'll try and get some video up on our YouTube channel of these places. This is awesome. Next one, another inn called Dilworth Town Inn. This is out towards Westchester. The building, Westchester, PA, you know, Bam Margera and shit. This building has been standing since 1754 when James Dilworth built it behind his original house to accommodate his family of 11 children. <laughs> I guess you could say him and the missus were a little busy. Hey After his death in 1780, James's son Charles applied for a tavern license. And over the next 50 years, the space was a number of businesses, like the Sign of the Pennsylvania Farmer, the Black Horse Tavern, Sign of the Rising Sun, and Cross Keys. It became the Dilworth Town Inn in 1821. The building has seen its fair share of history in the 250-plus years it's been around, including the Battle of Brandywine in 1777 during the Revolutionary War. Dilworth Town Inn still maintains its charming colonial decor and ambiance with a well-regarded menu. Ooh. 
And though it shares a lot of historical info on its website, the Dilworth Town Inn doesn't fess up to its haunted reputation. Well, you should, Dilworth Town Inn. You gotta, you gotta own it. But it has been reported that in the Blue Pearl, was a Blue Pear Bistro next door to the inn, servers had heard voices in the wine cellar, seen doors open and close, and found chairs facing each other as if someone was engaged in conversation. Yo. Could you imagine hearing like voices coming from something like a wine cellar? <laughs> you uh, you can go fetch your own Merlot there, buddy. I ain't going down there. <laughs> Anywho, guess what the next one is? Another inn. This one's called Ship Inn, and this is in Exton, not too far from Westchester. All right, I guess. I mean, probably most of them are near-ish to each other. It's all good. All right, this is another local landmark steeped in history. When the Lancaster Turnpike was built in 1794, it drew many travelers heading between Philadelphia and the western part of the state and beyond. To help serve these travelers, Ship Inn was built in 1796 to provide food, drink, lodging, and accommodations for horses and stagecoaches. Though the Ship Inn makes no mention of this, the website hauntedplaces.org claims the Ship Inn housed housed in a 70 is housed in a 1796 building and also housed within is a mysterious ghost those who have seen him believe him to be from was it to be from the 1700s as well but his identity and story are unknown hmm interesting well so <clears throat> this one doesn't have as many like ghost experiences just one of someone who used to work there who would hear paces on the second floor. That seems to be a theme with like these old inns is hearing something from the second floor, which is kind of funny when I think about it. Cause when uh, Eddie and I and our friends did our first ghost hunt, we went to the second floor of an old house and caught footsteps on the first floor. So pretty, pretty neat. Oh, this next one doesn't have in in the name. Oh. All right, let's take a look at this. This is uh, Eagle Tavern and Tap Room, and this is located in Chester Springs. Okay, so let's see. After a change of ownership in 2018, this beloved watering hole was updated to a modern craft beer bar and restaurant. Oh, how delightful. But Eagle Tavern and Tap Room is still deeply rooted in history. The four-story building on Route 100 was built in 1799, and in the most recent decades, there have been plenty of reported incidents of unexplained sounds and actions in the building, particularly in the basement. So, basements, second floors. It's like I like hanging out in in my basement, but haunted basements, uh, no thank you. Let's see. Last fall, Eagle Tavern... Eagle Tavern hosted a paranormal dinner and show event. Ooh, hope they bring that back. I would totally check that out. So that was hosted by the Downingtown Area Paranormal Investigators and Matthew Kruger, a master historian. We should link up with them. I might do that. I should reach out to these guys, see if we can get them on the show to tell us some of their stories. I think that'd be pretty cool. That is something I'm talking to somebody else who does that, but we should try and get some more of that. If you're like, hey, Joe, do not do that. You know how to find me, but I think you'll like it because I'll like it too. Anyway, so pre-COVID, they were started doing some ghost tours just for October. Uh, 
best of luck to them. I hope they're doing okay, and I hope that they get to bring those back next October. Hopefully, we're out of the out of the works and uh, can get back to business. Let's see, what is this? Ooh, the Franklin House Tavern and Restaurant in Schaeferstown. I've been to a lot of places in this state. I have, don't think I've ever driven or stepped foot in Schaeferstown. Huh. Interesting. So let's see. This place built in construct was it constructed in 1746 by Alexander Schaefer. Well, there's our name. During colonial times, the hotel was predictably called the King George. But after the Revolutionary War, it was renamed to the George Washington. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. In 1884, it was remodeled and again renamed to Franklin House. That's a delightful name. All the while, it hosted and served fine meals to the residents and visitors to Schaeferstown, which is not me because I've never been to Schaeferstown, but now we know it's located in Lebanon County. Not too close, but not too far either. Uh, let's see. According to a story published in 2016 in the Reading Eagle, co-owners Matt and Mindy Pfeiffer have reported hearing strange sounds like barstools moving around on the first floor when no one is there and a man with a black beard wandering through the basement. The Washington Room especially has numerous reported incident instances of ghosts spotted, including a man and woman dressed in black sitting at a table. And sometimes, a group of four people seated in a corner. Oh, my. See, that's where it would get me. If I, I think if it was like one, like if I saw like one ghost, I'd be like creeped out and like just carry on about my life. Be like, ah, pretend I didn't see it. A group, that might get me even. That would, that would really creep me out. I don't like that. But I like it. As long as I don't have to experience it. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's check this one out. Ooh, Stottsville Inn in Coatesville. Ooh. This historic hotel-turned-restaurant in Chester County is known for numerous ghostly goings-on. Built in 1858, it seems there have been plenty of guests who have never wanted to leave. In 2008, Southern Chester County Weeklies reported that the ghosts are present at the inn. Evidence included a warm and cold spots in the same room. Wind and voices are often heard. Doors, windows, and blinds that are left open, but then found closed. And reports from guests feeling goosebump feelings. At the time, the inn's owner, Jack Salick, and manager, Janice DeGennaro, hired paranormal ghost investigators to survey the scene and attempt to communicate with any resident spirits. The investigators ended up coming to the end twice, once in 2007 and again in 2008, and both times reported finding strong evidence and personal feelings that there is indeed paranormal activity going on in the Stottsville Inn. Oh man, that is pretty cool. I would love, I would love to at some point get some more video, try and like do, you know, capture these on just like so we could i could share with you what these places look like maybe we could have like small interviews with staff someone who actually has witnessed one of these little hauntings that would be really neat i would love to do that hopefully someday in the future we will i mean we just got to get through got to get through the covid and you can get through the COVID by listening to us at red river horror um 
And it's weird, like, so, like, these old buildings, we talked about, I talked about the one that me, Eddie, most of our buddy Ian did, like, where we did a ghost hunt, and where I would have, like, those weird, we would have weird experiences in this old house I lived in. But I didn't talk about, I lived in another old house that was built in the 1860s. It was an old farmhouse that was turned into a twin, so two houses. And I had always expected, I was just like, you know, something weird's going to happen again, especially because I was living there by myself. The basement was the stuff of nightmares. I wish I could, you know, just imagine this very dingy, low ceiling, spiders everywhere, very little light. But the house came with a washer and dryer that were down there, so I had to take it. And the only thing I can think of that happened there that I cannot explain for the life of me is I went out one time and it would get really hot upstairs. It was in the spring, so there's no central air. And I left the ceiling fan on in my bedroom just to keep keep the air circulating. And I got home and I could just hear like this like click, 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 click. And I got up to my room and it was as if somebody took, like grabbed the fan and just snapped the blades off. Like they were broken from like the, like still screwed in and they're all like perfectly broken in the middle of like that, that metal joint that connects from like the motor to the fan blade, like just split in the middle all four, like four blades, all of them, or is it five blades? It doesn't matter. Four or five blades. They're all off. And I have no idea how that could have happened. I, to this day, I have, I'm just, it's one of those things that really baffles me. And when I was looking at these, I'm just like, man, I wish I had more things to tell. And it's, I've never really talked about that story too often i think i've told some people but i always forget about it because i keep putting out of my mind but really really strange experience um but who knows maybe it'll happen again hopefully not hopefully not in a basement because it's like i like basements don't haunt me in a basement please if you hear me out there ghosts don't haunt me in a basement save it for upstairs i'll hide in the basement thank you very much so anyway General Lafayette, place near and dear to my heart. We should try and get out to some more haunted restaurants. If you have a location somewhere that's haunted, if you have a story to tell, let me know. I would love to hear it. I would love to have you come on and share it. Uh, you know, at Red River Horror, Red, yeah, at River Horror, at Red River Horror at, on uh, Twitter, at Red River Joe on Twitter is where you can find me. Always can email us. RedRiverHorror at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to keep traveling those channels of fear.